0: Good morning. My name is Fakhri Yaqub, pastor of the Christian Arabic Church, one of your local partners here in Richmond. And we actually meet for worship here in this beautiful sanctuary every Sunday evening. On Sunday evening, I preach in Arabic. So if I switch uh, to Arabic, don't panic. It's it's just an accident and you... uh, need to pray the Holy Spirit gives us uh, a gift of translation. <laughs> or let me know that I'm speaking in Arabic. Um, our text this morning is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Please listen to the word of God. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other translations, this uh, verse 14 is translated like this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one word. Love. Love. Your neighbor as yourself. This is the word of God. God. The past three months, you had the opportunity to explore in depth the Ten Commandments and how they uh, confronted the idols of our life today. And the topic of the Ten Commandments uh, always brings the question: How can we please God? How can we make God happy? This is a big question that uh, humankind have been struggling with all over the world and throughout history. And if we ask uh, people from different backgrounds, if we ask Muslim scholars this question, how can uh, we please God? How can we make uh, God happy? They would say, well, first of all, observe the five pillars of Islam, which is recite the uh, uh, Muslim testimony, pray five times a day, Fast the month, the whole month of Ramadan, uh, pilgrimage to Mecca in Saudi Arabia, at least one time in your life, and give to charities and to the uh, Muslims who are in need. In addition to that, you have to obey Allah or or God commandments in the Quran, about uh, hundreds. Uh, Nobody knows exactly how many, and in addition to that, you have to follow the instructions of the prophet of Islam which are by the thousands. And if you ask, if I'm able to know all of that and fulfill all of that, would I be able to please God? They will say, nobody knows. Uh, You will know for sure when you uh, go there and meet him in person. There is no assurance in Islam. We can ask the same question uh, about uh, how to please and how to make God happy to uh, Buddhists, to uh, Hindus, to all kinds of religions. But for the sake of time, we will ask the Jewish scholars, how can we make God happy? How can we please God? And the Jewish scholars will answer, fulfill the law of Moses. Follow God's commandments and instructions in the uh, Torah, in the Hebrew Bible. Okay, I would say. that's the Ten Commandments, I have memorized them since I was in Sunday school. They will say, no, the law of Moses is not just the Ten Commandments. The law of Moses is way more than that. It's actually 613 Commandments, 613. 365, one for each day, negative Commandments. What we are not supposed to do and 248 positive commandments, what we are supposed to do. So, for example, uh, uh, don't steal. This is a negative commandment. Honor your father and mother. This is a positive commandment. So there are negative and positive commandments. The total is 613. Well, one might say, this is too many and too hard. No one will be able not just to fulfill All of them, but even to remember all 613 commandments, and that's exactly what God meant. We can't fulfill the law. So we need God's grace through Jesus Christ. And and and, and the law, whoever break one of them will whoever broke one of them, break all of them. So how does the Bible answer this question? How can we as Christians Please, God, how can we make God happy? And again, remember, we are saved and accepted by grace alone, nothing else. But the question is how to make God happy. Well, 400 years after Moses, who wrote the uh, law in the Old Testament, came David. And David asked a similar question in Psalm number 15. And he listed some requirements that God requires. And from us in order to please him and make him happy psalm 15 david asked it this question lord who may dwell in your sacred tent who may live on your holy mountain who, who can how can we please you how can we make you happy and he listed some requirements i will count them i would like to ask you to read them aloud i will count Start by number one, and you read. And let us see how many requirements are there. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Who keeps the hope even when it hurts and does not change the mind. Eight. Who lends money to the Lord God's interests. Nine. Who does not accept pride against his innocence. And at the end, he says, Whoever does these things will never be shaken, will be able to please God and make God happy. Well, nine is easier than ten, right? Shorter. And, uh, of course, much, many, many less than 613 commandments. But still, still, some people may say it is still too hard. It is still too much. Maybe it is easier to remember than 10 and 613, but it's still hard to fulfill all of them. Well, this is for the A-plus students. Can we have something for the B-plus and B students? Well. <laughs> Can we have a shorter version, something that we can fulfill, something easier? So a prophet by the name Micah came 300 years after David. And he said, well, let us make it easier for those of us who are not A-plus students. And Micah chapter six, verses uh, six to eight, he asked the question in a different way, but similar. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 ten rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression trans- For the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. Again, I will count and you read aloud. One. And two. And three. Well, of course, these are easier to remember and maybe... We would say, I'll, I'll, I'll strive hard to, to fulfill all of these. But still, still, yes, they are short and sweet, as my wife would say. But it is not easy to fulfill. It is on, for our humankind, our human nature. It's not easy to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God all the time in our life. Maybe it is easy to remember, but it is hard to fulfill, hard to follow. Wait. It will get easier. In the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ was confronting, uh, the Bible say, expert in the law. Of course, in the law, uh, in the law of Moses. He stood up to test Jesus and asked him this question. In Matthew chapter 22, starting verse 36, teacher, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Of course, he was talking about all 613. Which one is the greatest? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the book of Moses, books of Moses, the prophets. Hang on these two commandments. All what Moses wrote, all what David wrote, all what Isaiah wrote, all what Jeremiah wrote, all what Ezekiel wrote, all that Micah wrote, all the books. Hang on these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Of course commandments are easier than 613, shorter than 10, easier to remember than the nine, and maybe we think that easier to fulfill than the three of the prophet Micah. One would say it can't get better than this, it can't get shorter than this, it can't get easier than this, but wait, it will get shorter and easier and sweeter. In uh, in, uh, Jesus' last sermon to the disciples before the cross, he told them this in John chapter 13 and verse, verse 34. A new commandment I give you. A new commandment. Love one another. That's it. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another the love I gave to you, I'm asking you to share it with other, others around you. Just one. See where I'm going? It's from 613. 10, 9, 3, 2, and now? One commandment. But the text we read from Galatians. Other translations suggest that. It says the entire law is fulfilled in not one commandment, because actually, this is not the whole commandment in the Old Testament. Not one commandment, but one word. The entire law is fulfilled in one word. Because we, when we really practice this commandment, we are able to please God and make him happy. One word, love. Love. The Apostle John wrote a lot about love. God's love for us our love to Christ and our love to each other. He wrote a lot about it in the in his gospel in his letters to the church to the point that he was called the beloved disciple. It was written about John that when he came back from he when he returned from exile he was about 95 96 years old very old man he couldn't walk so Uh, Young men go to his house, bring him, carry him, bring him to the church to preach on Sunday. And this is, this was his sermon. I'm going to read the entire sermon for you. It goes like this. Brothers and sisters, love one another. Amen. Amen. This is the conclusion of his life, of his experience with Jesus Christ on earth and with the Holy Spirit afterwards. He didn't give them an interpretation of the book of John or the letters he wrote. Or the book of Revelations, which is too hard for us to understand. But all what he cared to leave with them uh, at the end of his life is just this short sermon. Love one another. In his his first letter, he wrote some... uh, 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 Wonderful wonderful it says about love and, and how, it, how important for us to practice love with people around us and he, he wrote for instance, in chapter first uh, John chapter three said that love is the proof that we are the children of God, so they, they may know that we are the children of God through our Love. In chapter 4, he says that love is the proof that we are born again and know God. It's easy that you think or say that you are a born-again Christian, but he says, according to John, the proof, the real proof that we are born-again Christian and we have a relationship with God is love. And again, in chapter 4, he said that love is the proof that we love God. It's easy to say that we love God whom we don't see, But he said, how can we love God whom we don't see, and we can't love people around us whom we see every day? So the proof, the the practical proof that we love God is through our love to other people around us. For John, God is not just a loving God. He is, but he's not just a loving God or lovely or lovable God. For John, God is love. Love is God's nature, and when God shares his love with us, he shares his nature, and when he asks us to love others, he asks us to share his nature with other people around us. Now, we understand that love is the heart of all the commandments and instructions in the Bible, but the question is, who should we love? Whom should we love? Well, when we hear about loving others, we always think we can pick and choose whom we can love and whom we cannot love. Well, there is that easy love and tough love. We always use this tough love expression to to, uh, uh, talk about when we get tough with people whom we love. But today I'm going to use it in a different meaning. Tough love means when it is too hard to love when there are people in our life we cannot love. People who are hostile to us, people who don't like us, people who are mean to us, people who put us into trouble, people who don't treat us well, those people we think they don't deserve our life, our love. People who consider us their enemies, people who are, who are not nice to us, and I'm sure If you dig deep into your heart, you will find one or more or many people in your life like this, in your family, in your uh, neighborhood, in your uh, work, in the church. There are people who are hard to love. Well, I'm going to um, mention two groups of people for us this morning that's hard to love. And again, remember that the call for us is to love those who don't deserve our Love because we didn't deserve Christ's love, yet He loved us and died for us. The first group is the strangers in our midst. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, first uh, in, in verse 18, it was talking about love your neighbor as yourself. And, and usually, when we read Leviticus uh, 19, we stop at verse 18, we don't continue reading or paying attention to what is. After that, but in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 33, it says, When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Well, up to this point, it is easy. We, we can do that, right? With, with some uh, hard work, we, we, we can do it. Well, I'm not talking about immigration laws, I'm talking about. Christian church people. We can do uh, this. We We can treat the foreigners as the native born. But listen to this. Love them. Who? The strangers. Love them as yourself. You see, in verse 18 it said, love your neighbor as yourself, your relative, people who are close to you, people whom you can love, Love them as yourself. But here it says, love the stranger, people who don't know. People, we may ask why they are here, what they are doing here. Are they illegal? Are they not? Did they come in peace or not? We don't know. Strangers, complete strangers, we don't know. But the Bible here says, love the stranger as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Another group of people that's hard to love are the enemies. Well, for us as Christians, we shouldn't have enemies. In Ephesians, it says, it says uh, our enemies are not made of uh, flesh and blood, but the uh, f- evil forces are our enemies. People, human beings, are not our enemies. Well, what does that mean? It means people who consider us their enemies. We don't have enemies. But people who consider us as their enemies. Like, like uh, North Korea, we don't consider them their, our enemies, but they consider us their enemies. It's like that. So people who, who hostile to us, consider us enemies, want to cause harm to us. What should we do with them? Well, Jesus says, in Matthew chapter 5, verse, verse uh, 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor, it is in the Bible, Leviticus chapter 19. Hate your enemy, it's not in the Bible. It was added later. So there is nothing in the Bible say hate your enemy. But the, 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 the Jewish throughout the years added things that's uh, uh, not in the uh, Old Testament. Love your neighbor... Hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies. Whoa, this is hard. Love people who consider you or treat you as an enemy. And pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. The sign that you are the children of God is not through loving your people, your neighbor. Not through loving lovely people but through loving your enemies, people who consider you and treat you as an enemy. I, I grew up uh, in Egypt in a Christian village, 100% Christian village, and uh, uh, I had to uh, move from the city by myself when I finished middle school to go to high school because we didn't have high school at this time in our village, and for the first time, I, have to, I had to encounter with Muslims. Uh, before that, you didn't, you, we didn't go to the city unless you are sick or for school shopping once a year. So uh, I had to sit in a desk with Muslim students. I had to hear the uh, call to prayers five times a day. I had to go to school on Sunday for the first time in my life. This, it was tough for me. It was very hard. I heard about Muslims before, but I did not have any encounters with, or, or close encounters with Muslims before uh, uh, I finished middle school. In the last year of high school, I sat on the desk next to a guy by the name Ishmael. Ishmael Kamil Riyadh, that's his full name. I, I will never forget that name. Ishmael was a troublemaker. He was, uh, a uh, little guy, but, but he liked to fight. He, he, he would look for a fight towards the door or a war or anyone in his way. And I was this uh, Christian student next to him. He used to almost harass me every single day. One day we were playing soccer in the playground and Ishmael got injured. And uh, nobody uh, wanted to help him. I ran uh, to him to help. I took him on my bicycle to our... Uh, apartment which was, was close to the school, did some uh, first aid according to my best knowledge, tried to be the, the, the good Samaritan, carried him not on a donkey but on my bicycle to the uh, uh, station where he should ride a, a pickup truck to his uh, village but the drivers didn't want to take him because he was injured. He, he said, they said we do not want to be responsible for him. If you, can, if you come with him, we will take him. So I went to his village which was 100% Muslim village and uh, uh, took him home to his family, and then returned. A few days later, when he uh, uh, felt better, he came to school and asked me this question. Why did you do this to me? I am always mean to you. And why have you been uh, so kind and nice to me? Well, the truth was, I did this so you can leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, r- I-, I just wanted to be nice so he would uh, treat me nice. but. Uh, The answer I answered him was, that the answer that I memorized in Sunday school, because Jesus loved me and he taught me to love my enemies. And he said, Jesus said that? I said, yes. He said, where? I said, in the Bible. He said, I want to know this Jesus. Can you give me the Bible? I said, yeah, yeah, I I will get it for you. And every day, Ishmael would ask me, did you bring the Bible? And every day, I would find a different excuse. I was afraid. The law in Egypt at this time, if you give a Bible to a Muslim, you go to jail for at least six months. I was afraid. And the matter of fact that I did not love Ishmael. I just wanted to avoid him. I kept finding excuses every day until the day before the last day in a school. And he said, tomorrow is the last day. When are you going to bring me the Bible? I said, listen, I can't give you the Bible, but I will do this. I will bring my Bible. I will pretend that I forget it in my desk. And after I leave, if you want it, take it. That's it. And I did that. I didn't see him again. But a few years later, I was in seminary in Cairo, walking in the street. And I met with uh, another classmate who is from his village. And the first thing came to my mind is to ask about Ishmael. How is Ishmael? He said, oh, you didn't know? I said, no, what happened? He said, Ishmael died in a bus accident one year after we graduated from high school. And I kept asking, did he take the Bible? Did he pick it from the desk and did he read it? And did he know the Christ that loved him? And did he come to Christ? I never knew the answer to this question because at this time, I did not have enough love in my heart to Ishmael to share with him the love of Jesus Christ he was longing for. Brothers and sisters, maybe we have a lot of people like this in our life, like Ishmael, people who are hard to love, but maybe, maybe God put them in our life for a purpose, for a reason, to, to share his love with them, to help them come to know Jesus Christ, Come to experience His love, come to experience His his, uh, saving act on the cross, and be transformed, and be changed. How can we make God's heart happy? How can we please God? One word, one word. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment love your neighbor as yourself, love the stranger as yourself and love those who consider you or treat you as enemies as yourself let us pray lord we thank you for your love we thank you for your sharing your own nature with us and we thank you for this a challenge and this call for us this morning to go out and love people who don't deserve our love, but they deserve your love. People who, are, uh, who consider us as their enemies, but they are your children. Lord, help us to have the eyes and heart of your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.